Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, getting you into your weekend day in lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. Uh, we're going to hit on some sort of big names, uh, some big names that have had things to say about the Browns recently uh, and, and some things in the news in the NFL. Um, so we will get to that here coming up. You know what? I am going to throw one question at you guys, though, before we start. Not NFL related. I mean, it could be. But we're recording this about a half hour before Guardians opening day, their first pitch. And I'm just curious, like opening day is such a big event and a big holiday in Cleveland. Like it's pretty crazy if you've never been in downtown Cleveland on opening day, especially, I mean, on a day like this where the weather's nice, it's not frigid or raining. I'm curious, what's your like favorite downtown Cleveland day? To, to kind of experience or, the, or that you've been a part of. You know, there's like St. Patrick's Day is obviously huge. Uh, Brown's home opener is huge. We mentioned Guardians. Um, there, there's there's a lot of like big Cleveland events. Um, I'm curious what your like favorite one is. I, I think mine might actually be opening day. It's just so, it's it's just nuts to be down there and, and to even just walk around before the game or whatever. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, it's nice to see so many people downtown. I, I really enjoy it too. But I, I would have to, I think I'm going to go with St. Patrick's Day because that was always uh, such a big deal to, you know, to take off from school and to go down to the parade. And then as you get into later years, you know, you get into, you know, other ways to celebrate St. Patrick's Day downtown. But um, that was always probably my favorite. Yeah, I think for me, it's either the home opener or I would amend that to say any time one of the Cleveland teams is playing in the postseason, like especially if they make it pretty far, those environments are normally pretty fun. Um, The way they have the watch parties typically in the key bank plaza, whether it's been the Guardians or the Cavs in recent years, Um, and even like all-star stuff, I think, too, I would add the last few years. I got to experience both MLB All-Star Week and... NBA All-Star Weekend, and those were both really, really cool. But obviously, that's not something that happens every year. And, and I will say, there is something, there's something different about that Browns home opener, too, that even, you know, like, even for me, it's like, no matter how exhausting training camp was or anything like that, there's just something new and fresh on that Browns that Browns home opener, even though they, they haven't had much success on, on those days. But the Muni lot's full, and everybody's excited. It's usually nice out, uh, except for that weird Pittsburgh tie day that was not that was not nice weather but usually the weather's nice uh that's a lot of fun okay someone who maybe wants to experience a browns opening day cam newton this week mary Kay. we have not had a chance to talk about this cam newton said that he he has a list of quarterbacks that he would back up and right at the top of his list is deshaun watson um deshaun watson quote tweeted um a story about that and I, I think, it, what did you say? Just family or, or something like that. The two are very close. Um, you wrote about this. Cam Newton wanting to back up Deshaun Watson. Is there any chance the Browns want him to back up Deshaun Watson? Yeah, kind of an interesting story. Yeah, it was uh, It was fun to sort of look into that. And it reminded me back when, gosh, where was I? It was at some Super Bowl. And I don't know if it was a... Yeah, it was at, at, at a Super Bowl where he was there and I was I got to do just a one on one sit down with Cam Newton for a few minutes and, you know, videotape it a little bit. I think that might have been back in my video licious days. 
um, <laughs> where I was just, just video-liciousing it up everywhere. <laughs> just to clear, just so people know, video-licious was, we've talked about it in the pod before, but it was an app <laughs> we used to use um, to, you could shoot video on your phone and it would upload it directly to like whatever YouTube channel we, we tied it to. You could like produce right on your phone and stuff like that. Just so people are like, wait, it's a video-licious. What, what is Mary <laughs> Kay doing? I st- Exactly. I still have that app on my phone. I don't think it works. I don't think that we don't have that. That anymore and all of the all of those lovely videos have just like disappeared um but anyway so yeah it didn't really happen if you don't have video evidence but i did sit down and have that one-on-one with cam newton and but this was uh you know this was interesting yes he said he would uh want to come here and back up to sean and the premise was was that he um you know he wants to be able to be of service to some of these guys that he feels like he can help them navigate some of what they have to deal with as a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's been through a lot. He's seen a lot. And, uh, and, and he feels like he has something to offer some of these guys. And he had Deshaun on his list. And I'm sure that a major reason is, and, and they are very close, uh, but I'm sure one of the reasons is he probably feels like he can be kind of a sounding board for him and help him through his off the field issue and everything that entails because last year was a little bit of a whirlwind, you know, now it's going to be a full season. And I do think the dynamics will be a little bit different. Deshaun also still has uh, a couple of pending lawsuits where we don't know where that is all going to go yet. And so I think that was Cam's idea. However, I will say it's not happening. It, it, I, I wrote that definitively when I wrote the story, it's not going to happen. Um, and that is because, largely because, uh, you know, they are going with Joshua Dobbs as their number two quarterback right now. And I think the only way that changes is if Joshua gets hurt in training camp. Uh, that's the only we- reason they would start looking around. Other than that, they've got their guy. Ashley, when you hear Cam Newton say he wants to back up to Sean Watson, I, I mean, I guess, what, what do you think? Is it just sort of a, ah, okay, interesting story? Or yeah. are, you, are you intrigued by it? No, I more so was like, because yeah, he listed, Mary Kay, do you know the exact number of how many quarterbacks he listed? 11. Yeah, I knew it was like more than 10. So I was like, uh, it's interesting he said Deshaun's name first, I guess. But I didn't take it seriously. And I mean, especially when Mary Kay reported like eh, the, the Browns are ready to roll with Joshua Dobbs. And especially knowing Mary Kay's past reporting and about how close Josh Dobbs and Deshaun Watson are because they both have trained with Quincy Avery, who's... Deshaun's personal quarterbacks coach. Then I know Quincy, I think, told you, Mary Kay, that they maybe trained together more than any other two NFL quarterbacks in the league. So I it's slightly intriguing in the sense that eh, Deshaun Watson and Cam Newton maybe have this prior relationship, and it sounds like Cam Newton is willing, at least semi-willing. It sounds like he thinks he could still be a starter, but he has this list of guys he would be willing to back up. So he's maybe willing to enter this new phase of his career, but I think it just became clear pretty quickly, like, eh, there's no way it's going to happen. And it's just kind of Cam Newton talking. So <laughs> that was the extent of me being intrigued by it. Yeah, you, you kind of said what I was thinking too there, Ashley, with the idea of him, like, if you want to back up to Sean Watson, you're not thinking to yourself, I'm going to Cleveland to be a starting quarterback, right? Like, most of these names are guys that are established, or if you want to back up one of the rookies. Um, and just from the team side, Listen, Cam Newton was fantastic in his prime, and he won that MVP the one year. They went fifteen and one, went to the Super Bowl. I mean, he's like he's not that guy anymore. And I I know there's been questions about 
his arm. Now I think he had a workout. He worked out. It was at Auburn's pro day. He went back and, and threw and looked good at least in, in that setting. But I, I just don't know what you're getting out of Cam Newton as, as your backup quarterback. If you're looking at like, we need this guy to come in and, and win football games. He's, he's probably capable in the right style that, that's kind of suited to him, but it, it's really, I think that's a big thing to ask for a backup quarterback to kind of have an offense suited to, to kind of work around maybe some of what might be his deficiencies now. Yeah. And you know what the, the thing to think about here though, is, you know, if you look over the list of available veteran quarterbacks there, the list is pretty small. It's not an impressive list. And if you do find yourself in a situation where you have to sign someone, I would have to think that he would be somewhere on the list, right? I mean, maybe he's not, in the top five, maybe he's not even in the top seven, but I would have to think he's got to be somewhere on the list. If you find yourself in that situation in dire straits and you need somebody to come in here. I mean, all that being said, I think there's even some starting quarterbacks that I'd look at and say, I'd, I'd maybe rather at least, you know, would rather watch, watch and cover Cam Newton than, you know, that guy, but I don't know. <laughs> so let's move on. Another big name uh, with that kind of tied himself to Cleveland Tyreek Hill, who apparently is planning to retire when his contract runs out. That that is other Tyreek Hill news that came out. It's been a big Tyreek Hill week said to an autograph seeker last weekend that um, he wanted to go to Cleveland to play with Deshaun Watson, Mary Kay, but the Browns didn't want him. Now I thought you did a good job when you kind of wrote about that of sort of going a step beyond the Browns didn't want him. Um, but you know, I guess explain kind of what you wrote and, and what happened. Yeah. I, I tried to make it abundantly clear right from the outset that even if they did want him that year, they had already given up three first round picks, a net of five picks for Deshaun Watson. They had just given Deshaun Watson a $230 million fully guaranteed contract. So they didn't have the draft capital to give to the Chiefs by any stretch of the imagination. And they didn't have $120 million laying around uh, to pay $30 million a year to a wide receiver. So it's not like, oh, hey, I called the Cleveland Browns and they just, you know, they don't want me. Well, it's not that the Cleveland Browns don't recognize the immense talent of a Tyree Hill. But at that point, uh, they were not prepared and, I, you know, I, they probably didn't even really give it too much thought or consideration because it just couldn't happen. So, yeah, not that they would not be interested in the talent of a Tyreek Hill, but not at that capital and that price tag. Yeah, so I actually have this up because I, I was looking into it for a story I'm working on. Uh, the Dolphins gave up a first, second and fourth uh, last season, fourth and sixth this year, and they had to pay a four-year, $120 million extension for Tyreek Hill uh, when they acquired him from the Chiefs. So, And then now the Browns, on the flip side, Ashley, they gave up a fifth-round pick for Amari Cooper, who, you know, look, if we were doing like a wide receiver draft, I'm pretty sure Tyreek Hill would go first, but I don't think Amari Cooper would be far behind. And they're at the same age. And, in, yeah. and I mean, in fact, Tyreek Hill is a couple months older. Uh, but they both turned 29 this year. So, you know, the Browns ended up getting a pretty good receiver at a lower cost um, than, than what the Dolphins gave up for Tyreek Hill. 
Right. And I think it's a lot of it at the time, because obviously people were really excited about that Amari Cooper trade last year. And obviously Tyreek Hill is very good. And I think it's easy in hindsight to kind of look at it. Of course, this Browns receivers room would be better with a guy like Tyreek Hill. I mean, Mary Kay has used the line, they need a poor man's Tyreek Hill in that room. That's kind of like the skill set they're missing. But it's it goes back to the assets and the money they had available. It's not like the Browns looked at Tyree Kill and said, oh, we don't need that. We don't think he's good enough to play here. Like, obviously, anyone with common sense would know that he would have fit in in this receiver room skill-wise. But they just didn't have anything. They, they made all the big moves they were going to make at that point. By the time Deshaun Watson got here, it was too late because they traded for Amari Cooper before they executed the Deshaun Watson deal. So I just think at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. I kind of took that as like a throwaway line to a fan that probably said something to the effect of, I'm guessing like, oh, I wish you were in Cleveland or wish you had come to the Browns. And that's probably, I'm guessing, what prompted that. And and just to acknowledge, acquiring Deshaun Watson and Tyree Kill in the same offseason would have, they, they were already taking a big PR hit. And, uh, you know, obviously the Tyree Kill stuff is, is way in the past, but uh, that that certainly wouldn't have. Um, I mean, it just would have stoked the fires that they had to deal with. But Mary Kay, Tyree Kill is not the first receiver that the that has said he wanted to play with Deshaun Watson. No, not at all. And I think that's very, very significant. And I think even going forward over the next three or four years, I think it will continue to be significant if Deshaun turns back into what we all think he will be this year. Everybody wants a piece of that. Everybody wants to play with that. And, um, you know, some of the receivers that I know for a fact, just in the reporting that I've done and uh, the people that I've talked to, um, DeAndre Hopkins has said he wants to play with Deshaun Watson. Uh, that is not in the cards right now. That that's not something they are, uh, you know, looking to do. I and mean, they they are pretty well set at receiver right now. Not completely set. You can't rule anything out. But he wanted to play with him. Brandon Cooks wanted to play with him. Odell Beckham Jr. raised his hand and said he wanted to play with him. Tyreek Hill wanted to play with him. I mean, these are we're talking about some of the best receivers in the NFL. I just rattled off like some really, really top end receivers there. So that's what you get when you, when you acquire the talent of a Deshaun Watson, you've got guys like that, that want to flock to Cleveland and play with him. And there Deshaun Watson is one of those guys, Ashley, that I feel like players, I feel like players gravitate to him um, in, in different, you know what I, Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to describe, but I think there's guys in the NBA like this too, that you just sort of find like players really like their game and maybe, it, you know, on the outside, it's not quite as caught up. Although I think most people believe Deshaun Watson at his best is, is you know, potentially a top five quarterback, but I, Deshaun Watson strikes me as, as one of those players that players really like that they're really intrigued by and, and that they want to play with. Yeah, I mean, and I wonder now, like, kind of the more we think about what the Browns offense is going to look like and what we think it's going to look like. Like, if I'm a really good receiver, or I think, at least I think I'm a really good receiver, I think 
given a specific skill set, especially the fact that Deshaun is so good in like the scramble drill, the fact if you, if you're good at that as a receiver and you like to improvise, I think that's a huge plus because that's something you're going to get to do if you play with Deshaun Watson. Plus I think the fact, even just on a base level of this is a guy who, yes, like we know he holds on to the ball a little bit longer, maybe because he's trying to make that big play. I think I can see all these things being, really alluring if you're not just a receiver but like a pass catcher um and that can extend beyond that and I think his personality like we saw it kind of when he came here that these guys just like he made an effort I think to get to know them and setting up the trips and doing that sort of thing I think all of those things can be appealing in a locker room yeah and you know you see obviously the the work that he works out with a lot of the younger quarterbacks coming in I I think he's been working out with CJ Stroud and um, you know, I think they share, I think they share the same agent, but you know, you see some of that and you hear Deshaun Watson's, there's just a connection there. I think with Deshaun Watson that, that certain players have, um, and, and they're very intrigued by the prospect of either working with him or, or playing with him, which is, you know, what the Browns are hoping will, will that he'll draw more talented players and, and maybe guys who want to come in and maybe even play for a little less money than, than they would elsewhere. What, what do you have Mary Kay? Well, I was also going to say that when I was crunching the numbers and looking at what they got, Amari Cooper versus Tyreek Hill, uh, one of the things that I thought was really interesting was the fact that Amari Cooper caught nine touchdown passes last season and Tyreek Hill had seven, I believe it was. And, you know, in, in my opinion, catching touchdown passes is one of the most valuable things that you could possibly do. Uh, so, you know, Amari had like 1,100 yards, Tyreek had 1,700 but Amari had two more touchdown passes and not catches. And not only that, he had 11 games with Jacoby Brissett, who wasn't throwing very many touchdown passes at all. So I think what that could translate into with Deshaun Watson for 17 games. So from a red zone end zone standpoint, they may have come out ahead in that. Now, having said that, Amari Cooper is certainly not cheap by any stretch of the imagination. His cap charge for 2023 is almost $24 million, which is second only to Tyreek Hill in terms of receiver cap charge. So it's up there. And I also think that's why they're kind of keeping their options open for what could happen down the season, down the, you know, in the next couple seasons, because, you know, when you start to factor in age versus price, you know, you kind of want to go a little bit younger, a little bit cheaper. Um, but for their money, for right now, that's a pretty good value. Okay, let's take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about a couple of AFC North topics and some big names uh, elsewhere in the Browns division. And welcome back to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Let's look around the AFC North and talk about some big names. We'll start with Odell Beckham Jr., Mary Kay. Uh, perhaps some interest uh, from the Baltimore Ravens in the former Giant and Brown uh, and Ram, where he won a Super Bowl, of course. Uh, so Odell in Baltimore, obviously their quarterback situation still still a mystery. We don't know who it's going to be, if it's going to be Lamar Jackson or someone else. We'll see how that all goes. This feels like a, you know, they've been trying to get wide receiver figured out in Baltimore forever. And this is kind of what they tend to do is, is get some name guys who maybe aren't quite the player they used to be or are coming off injuries, like like in the case of Odell. What what would you think of him landing with the Ravens? Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, he has to be in somewhat of a quandary about the whole thing right now because 
you can't screw it up and you cannot go to a place where you don't know if the quarterback situation is going to be right. You can't do it. He's already been through enough of that in his career coming here and being with Baker Mayfield. And even towards the end of his career, he was complaining about uh, Eli Manning's arm and didn't think that he had the right arm uh, to pair with Odell. So uh, if you don't know that Lamar for sure is coming back there, then I just don't know that you can uh, that, that you can commit to that and make that decision. And if you think that Lamar is only coming back there for one year and for, you know, potentially playing out the franchise tag, you know, then I think you only want to sign a one year contract if you're going to going to do it. So I think it, I think it would be great. I think those two together could be dynamite. I think it would really, you know, I, I always kid around about like shifting the balance of power in the AFC North, but Lamar Jackson and Odell Jr., Odell Beckham Jr. together in Baltimore, that could shift the balance of power in the AFC North. That could be amazing. So, um, so yeah, if Lamar commits and they sign Odell, I think it's great. If, if Lamar, if, if Odell doesn't know what's going on and he's got another offer that, that is a sure bet, then he might have to take that. Yeah, it would be a hard ask, Ashley, for Odell to, to sign somewhere if he could end up with Tyler Huntley as a starting quarterback or a rookie quarterback, some, some somebody who's not Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking, I'm glad Mary Kay brought up the Eli stuff because that kind of still rings in my mind from his tenure in New York. And then obviously with how unhappy he was here with the offense and with Baker Mayfield and everything that transpired here. It's like, how can he go to a situation where the quarterback future is just not super clear, at least at this level, um, and just not knowing what's going to happen? So I'm with Mary Kay. Like, I think this, if those two play together, it would certainly be interesting. Um, It might not happen that way, though, if he goes to Baltimore. And I just wonder if he would be willing to do that and go into a situation where things are as murky as they are there. Okay. One other topic here. Um, and by the way, we have a Bengals podcast. They're probably going to talk a lot about this uh, in the coming months, strictly stripes. Uh, if you search them on Apple podcasts and Spotify, you'll find them, our Bengals crew. Uh, but we're going to talk Joe Burrow here on the orange Brown talk podcast. Uh, Joe Burrow eligible for a contract extension. It appears that uh, him and his agents have engaged with the Bengals front office and PFFs, Brad Spielberger released an early projection for his contract. He did a number of of quarterback contract projections. And for Burrow, he has four years, $214 million, which translates to $53.5 million per year, and $185 million total guaranteed at signing, which would be the second highest guarantee at signing after Deshaun Watson. Of course, it would beat out uh, what Kyler Murray got from the Cardinals. Mary Kay, when <laughs> I feel weird saying this because it's a, a an over $50 million a year average. I still am a little like, I kind of just shrugged at it when I, when I saw that projection, like, oh, that's it. Because we're sort of in this, you know, Deshaun got his full guarantee at 230 million. Lamar wants a full guarantee uh, or at least a ton of guaranteed money. I mean, if anybody could you know, pound the table and say, guarantee me my whole contract and make it more than Deshaun Watson's. I mean, Joe Burrow basically is the Cincinnati Bengals. If he's not there, 
you know, they're going back to being the Bengals that, that we all kind of grew up watching. They're, they're not the team that can go win the Super Bowl every year. I know. It's amazing. I've been wondering how this was going to play out, knowing that, um, you know, that the Bengals just don't have deep pockets or the kind of money that the Browns have. They just don't. I mean, the, you know, the, the Haslam's just spent, you know, 800 and whatever are spending $875 million to buy into a, a basketball team. They've got a lot of money. Uh, that is one thing about the Haslam's is they are not afraid to spend it, but the Bengals are, and they always have been. And, um, you know, for them to be willing to shell out over $53 million a year. I mean, I knew when Deshaun signed the contract that the $46 million was going to quickly not sound as exorbitant as it, did at, at, as it did at the time. But 53-something, that sounds like a lot of money right now uh, in terms of quarterback average. That sounds like an awful lot of money because you had those guys that were right hovering around there in the 40s. And now we're talking 53 something. And what that also says to me is if that's what they're talking about, then certainly that's what Lamar is going to want, right? He's not going to sign for less than Joe Burrow does. So, um, so yeah, the numbers keep climbing. And uh, before you know it, five years, $230 million guaranteed is going to start to look like a bargain. Yeah, I, I mean the the fifty million part of it is like, whoa, okay. I, I think it was the guarantee, and again, this is just a projection. This isn't like mm-hmm. and there there was no reporting done on it or anything like that. But I I just feel like Ashley Joe Burrow, if he wanted two fifty, you know, he maybe not fully guaranteed, but he could get pretty close um, to to where Deshaun is at, at least with that guaranteed money. And and I wonder. You know, I wonder what his approach is going to be if he's going to try and wring out every last dollar or if he might help the Bengals out. I, you know, I, I don't know. Everybody kind of approaches these things differently. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting. And I really do think it kind of makes it more interesting given Cincinnati's history here, like Mary Kay was saying. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> like, I really am curious to kind of see how this impacts both sides and what the negotiating is like and everything along those lines. But I mean, we've talked about it time and time again with the Browns, like they, for whatever people think about that Deshaun Watson deal, I mean, we've seen it in the past that they kind of preemptively get ahead of things so that in hindsight, they do look like bargains. Like we saw it last year to some extent with the extension they gave Denzel Ward. And then what happened to the cornerback market around the league? We really saw it with the Amari Cooper deal and what happened with wide receiver free agency across the league. Um, so I do think they have a nose for this stuff and it wouldn't surprise me. And I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Burrow somehow, some way, got some kind of historic contract, even if he doesn't end up staying in Cincinnati, because that's what he's worth. Yeah, you know, look, we've seen it with Deshaun already. We've seen it with Mahomes. I don't know if the Bills have done anything with Josh Allen's contract yet, but, you know, these numbers that the Bengals are going to use that contract to open up money and free up cap space in the future. And I'm sure it'll be structured in a way that most of these deals are structured, where they'll still be able to afford Jamar Chase and and maybe T Higgins and and some of those weapons, but Mary Kay, do the Bengals almost benefit a little bit too from the fact that Joe is from there and he's really kind of embraced being a guy from Southern Ohio who played high school football in Southern Ohio, um, you know, spent a lot of time in Columbus, of course, before he ended up going to LSU. Does that help the Bengals? Do you think a little bit that man, if Joe ever left, like it would take a lot 
obviously it would make the Bengals look terrible if, if they like lowballed him and he left. But if Joe ever decided to leave too, it would almost be like, oh, come on, Joe, you can't do that. Yeah, I think it does help them. Joe has always seemed very happy to be there. And, you know, you always had to wonder what that was going to be like. You know, a lot of these guys like to go to the bigger markets. They like to go to to the flashier cities. You know, it was sort of in the in the same vein of Baker Mayfield being really excited and happy to come and play for the Cleveland Browns. He was genuinely excited to do that. And I feel the same way about Joe. I don't feel like he's, uh, you know, making that up. I do think it helps that, uh, you know, that he is in his home state. He's, you know, not far from family and friends. And I do think that's meaningful. I really do. You know whose contract we haven't heard about? Maybe I'm just not paying attention, but Justin Herbert. That's, I've heard a little bit about it. Okay. Yeah, I've heard a little bit about it. They said recently that they're uh, 100% intent on on paying him. And I think they said they want to get it done this offseason is what I heard. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you could look it up. But I have I have seen that something about that recently. So, which, you know, he's another one. I mean, pay him. Go ahead. Right. Get it done. And, and I think what makes that one interesting is – you're in LA and you're trying to establish yourself in this market. You're competing with the Rams and the Rams have basically said they're like, don't expect anything from us this season. I think the Rams, if they, I don't know if they can pull it off, but I think they would love to have Caleb Williams, Williams be their quarterback uh, next season. But this is kind of an opportunity now for the chargers to kind of back up that Brinks truck and say, Hey, we're committed. This is our guy. We have a quarterback. The Rams are taking a step back, even though they won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Maybe this is a chance, Ashley, for them to, to get a foothold in that market a little. Yeah. I mean, it just kind of, I think too, it's like interesting to think about the future in this way, because it's like so many dominoes have to fall. And like, we, we kind of see it a little bit this year to some extent. Right. And like these teams waiting for an Aaron Rodgers decision, which is a little bit different. But you really do kind of have to see like all these pieces interconnect and intertwine and who's going to influence who and whose deal is going to make somebody else ask for a different deal. Like that to me is what's so interesting about it. It makes it kind of hard for me to wrap my head around, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, you know, Ashley, you mentioned the timing with, with the Browns thing and it, it's kind of interesting. Now, what what would happen if like Joe Burrow doesn't get a full guarantee, if uh, Justin Herbert doesn't get a full guarantee, Mary Kay, could that be a situation where Lamar Jackson all of a sudden backs off? I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's pretty dug in. But if, if kind of that precedent that we think Deshaun Watson said actually turns into an outlier, I, I wonder if that could change things with Baltimore and Lamar. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's going to be really interesting because, uh, you know, I do think that whatever happens with Lamar profoundly impacts the Cleveland Browns. If he's not there, it's hard to regroup. It's hard to replace him. Uh, I think as it is, it's going to be difficult to be there without Greg Roman and to have Todd Munkin trying to figure out what this offense is going to all look like. That might be a little bit challenging. There are going to be some growing pains, but if if he's not there, I really think it opens the door for uh, you know for the Browns to try to to steal the AFC North this year. Well, it should be interesting. Lots of quarterback uh, 
lots of quarterbacks to keep an eye on for different reasons as we go into uh, as, as this offseason continues. Uh, of course, we'll cover it all here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast and uh, on Cleveland.com slash Browns, which is where you can become a football insider. Blue banner at the top of the page and also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So that'll do it here on a Friday for Mary Kay and Ashley. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening.